0: Welcome to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pacillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And please be sure to follow Joe and I, not just on Facebook and YouTube, we're on Gab, we're on Rumble, we're on Twitch, we're all across social media, wherever you find us. Please subscribe to us in some way, click a like, a share, all that fun stuff. And today... We are very pleased to welcome back to the program teresa bonapartis and for those of you who do not know teresa I uh, want to give a brief introduction and we always say joe and i that we you know we're going into the breach well when you're talking about abortion you're going into the breach okay so teresa is the co-developer with the sisters of life of the entering canaan ministry a sacramental journey to an inheritance of mercy. Uh, located in Mamaroneck, New York, the ministry focuses on healing after abortion for women, men, and siblings from their pain, their isolation, and silent suffering f- uh, from abortion, and brings them to the freedom of forgiveness, healing, and peace that you can only achieve through Jesus Christ. Teresa Bonapartis, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe.
2: Thank you so much thanks for having me on
0: absolutely so i'm going to kick it over to Joe.
1: Teresa, we always start with the prayer because all good things start with the prayer, and this is a good thing in the name in the of the Father, Father Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit Amen. Amen. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was, was it known, was known that anyone God who sent your help or God. sought your intercession was, that that was, was left unaided. Inspired by this, this confidence, confidence, we find to you a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Lord, spies on our petitions, giving your clemency here hear and answer us. Amen. Saint Dominic, pray for us, pray
0: for us. Holy spirit amen. amen
1: Teresa, i think a good place to start is how did you come up with the name entering canaan i mean it's very unique for your post-abortion ministry
2: it sounds unique but once you hear the story you really realize that it's not so unique so we had begun the ministry but we really um didn't have a name for it. And the USCCB called us up and asked us for the name of our ministry and a manual. And we kind of just looked at each other and said, We don't have a name. So one day when I was praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I wasn't even really thinking about this, but all of a sudden, the name entering Canaan came, came into my mind, and I really felt strongly that that was supposed to be the name of the ministry. But I couldn't figure out why I kept thinking of the Israelites, their journey to the promised land, but it didn't fit with hailing from abortion. But I came home, and I took out the Bible, and I started to read about it, and all during their journey, there's so many references to God saying to them, don't be afraid, keep going. You're gonna face battles, but I'm gonna be here with you. So all of those things really spoke to my heart in relation to the healing journey from abortion. And it is a journey. And the most beautiful part was that the Israelites entered the Canaan in in the book of Joshua, which is the name that I gave to my own aborted son when I aborted him, not even years later. I think I've mentioned this in the last um, program. I had an abortion at the end of the fourth month of pregnancy. I had been coerced by my father. And I actually had a saline abortion where I went into labor. And I actually saw him. And for some reason, I was compelled to name him. It was all so horrific. And I gave him the name of Joshua. So when this happened with naming the ministry and that coming to me in prayer and then reading about it and seeing that the Israelites entered the land of Canaan in the book of Joshua, it was just such a confirmation of everything that they had shown me. It was so beautiful.
1: Teresa, I I mean, I wanna focus on the journey itself because I read on your website This statement, it says I won't lie to you it's a difficult journey right talk about that because you made that journey and now you're helping Mm -hmm. others uh, to make that journey again, but you 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 know I I love the way you don't sugarcoat it because that's real. I mean, aren't we all on a journey? I
2: mean, yes, to be honest. Yeah, I was just going to say that to you. I'm still on the journey. So I think that there's so many different aspects to healing from abortion. And the first one, of course, is just recognizing what it is you have done, that you've participated in the death of your own child. And there's different layers that after that, it ultimately is a walk to God, right? To the promised land, to him. And he's just accompanying us on the way with different layers. And in the battle of healing from abortion, there are battles, really horrible battles. I truly believe that this is the devil's main work of art, really, when you think about it. The, the sin against life we're killing our children and i think that um he just tries like we often very much and not that this is a bad thing but we focus on the unborn Uh, which we should, but the unborn, if you think about it, they are in heaven with God now, but how many souls are lost to him because of abortion? And it's very hard to make this journey and to face all the different things, the shame, the guilt, uh, who knows other things in your life. So it's really hard to look at it at all it is a difficult journey because we're constantly dying to ourselves, right? I mean, if you look at the Gospel of Life, um, Pope John Paul II, he even says in there, you know, don't give in to discouragement, don't lose hope, understand what happened and face it honestly and i think that's the key there really facing it an honestly and admitting that you participated in the death of your own child and throughout the journey there is so many spiritual battles because satan wants to keep us locked into the belief that there's no forgiveness from god that you're never going to get it past this that it's the unforgivable sin and so it's really important to have the supports around you to help you as you're walking through the healing process which takes time I mean it's there's no quick fix for this there's a consequence to sin right
3: yeah. oh absolutely
1: yeah. I mean when you were talking about you have to face reality I can remember one time me and my friends years ago were were joking and we said, if you can't lie to yourself, who can you lie to? Ooh. And and I mean that's what I think people do with a lot of things.
0: Well, look at one of the examples. And if you're just joining us, Teresa Bonapartis is having a conversation at the front line with Joe and Joe, talking about her ministry entering Canaan, a sacramental journey to an inheritance of mercy. You talk about not facing the reality of the situation. We talked about on our show, Teresa. Um if you look at, let's say some examples from the culture, like I forgot the actress's name. I think her name is Michelle Williams. She gets up at an award show and she basically says, I got no problem with my abortion. Not right. in those words, but that's it. See the culture, the, the culture has made a, made it where abortion's no different. I mean, it's they, they've always done this, but it's worse than it was a couple decades ago. Now it's no different than getting your tonsils out.
3: Yeah, and even true. if it is
0: a little bit messy, I don't care. I got to live my life. Stevie Nicks did the same thing recently. Said if I didn't have an abortion, I would have de- deprived the world of uh, of Fleetwood Mac music. I don't know, you deprive the world of a human being, but you right. see the way like you're talking about the, the real guilt that comes from having committed this act, okay? And the fact that there's forgiveness for that. But that's up against the culture that's saying you have nothing to be forgiven for. What are but I think what are your thoughts on that? Yeah.
2: I really think we have to recognize the fact that her abortion is such a horrific act that if you don't know the love and mercy of God, it's very difficult to look at it. So I think that women naturally, they want to buy into the lie. They go into a denial, they keep busy, they rationalize, justify what they did. I mean, just last week, I went, or a couple of weeks ago, I went to a vigil in Brooklyn and there was the group New York City abortion rights there and it's a lot of young women just yelling this stuff at us. And it was amazing to me how little they really knew about abortion. One of the things uh, um, that they were yelling is abortion saves women's lives. Yeah, It doesn't save women's lives. First of all, women still die. And there's millions of women who are suffering who maybe can't have another child, suffering psychologically, so many different ways. So I think most of the people that speak the way you say those um, actresses are speaking, it's an attempt to keep justifying. But I'll tell you something, guys. I've had women as, as old as 93 finally looking at their abortions that they come to this point in their lives where if it catches up with you sooner or later it's not natural for a woman to take the life of her own child right right
0: and that and, and that's go ahead joe no, that's but- what we got to emphasize this is this is a violation of the natural law mothers right. don't kill their children but i
1: mean know what it is these are wounded people you said something if you don't believe in god or have a relationship with god to to state publicly i did x i terminated the life of my child that's next to impossible if not impossible it's just a projection of hurt i mean that's how we have to look at these people that's what it is it's nothing more than that the thing that i wanted to touch upon is if you drink poison It's going to affect you whether you think it's not. Like, even if you say, it's not going to affect me, it's still going to affect you because doing that is poison. And I love what you do, Teresa. I'm going to be completely honest with you because the way to heal these, you have to break through the hurt. Christ broke through the hurt of others through love to be honest with you they're already dug in there's no discussing or or arguing them out of it talk about the breakthrough Teresa we were talking about like the souls um at that Brooklyn rally that were saying all types of uh you know violent and hateful things. Um, obviously that's projection. Obviously these are people that are hurt. It comes right down to that. And I think the way to get through to them is something I think you do very well is it has to be through love. I mean they're already dug in. There's no like like argument you're going to be able to you know win them over on even if it's logical and linear talk about how to break through to such a person that's simply wounded Christ did it to the woman at the well i mean she was dug in but he changed her
2: well, how do we I change th- these people i think it's just what you said um but i do think we need to be careful because in the quest can be to be compassionate, in some places, we're losing the sense of sin. So we always have to talk about the seriousness of the sin of abortion while at the same time God's love and mercy and forgiveness. Now with this women, the women at the um, vigil, one of the things that happened is I had had a sign made um, to have in front of the clinics that just says, I had an abortion, life does not go back to normal, Um, save your baby and yourself. And then I have good counsel's number on it. <laughs> so obviously some. So many women think that having an abortion is gonna solve their problems. So these women obviously did not like my sign, right? Because they think that abortion is this great right and it frees women and all the rhetoric that we hear. And at one point I had dropped my sign and they grabbed it and they wrote on the back of it, god loves abortion and a policeman saw it and made them give it back to me anyway um all day obviously because of my personal experience and the work that i do i really did feel a tenderness towards these young women um just really seeing how lost they are and how they really don't have any in understanding and relationship with god so i think in that kind of a circumstance just not answering to continue praying for them i actually sent something to the coordinator there where we're going to be handing out cards with a prayer so that we all pray for them all the time so i think that um most times if you meet somebody that's really radical the chances are they don't have an understanding and they just are not able to look because they have no relationship with God so obviously hopefully our prayers are um, somehow will open a door to his grace for them and they'll be able to start having that darkness fall away from them and little by little be open and we know that that happens right look at bernard nathanson so many people that were so entrenched in the abortion business and then had huge conversions of heart right
0: yeah yeah, and you're at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rasinello. We're having a fascinating conversation with Teresa Bonapartis about her ministry entering Canaan post-abortive healing. One thing I will mention, and then I want to hand it back over to Joe, Teresa. Um, I've uh, I say I don't know whether to say fortunately or unfortunately, um, but I've had that experience that you had in Brooklyn. Um, I haven't been down. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been down there in a few months because we do the show on Saturday mornings, uh, generally speaking. Um, But I've been, I've, I've confronted those people. Uh, Not, not, not I've confronted those people. I've been there when they have confronted the prayer warriors. And one of the things that amazes me is you guys earlier with you and Joe Racinello, were talking about basically conscience, you know, eventually your conscience is going to get you. We're a bunch of prayer warriors who have really no, Legal power, no political power, not in New York, not in Brooklyn, not downtown Manhattan, okay? There's nothing we could do to overturn, to ban abortion in America, really. The other side, and they they are the other side, they know that, but do you see how angry they get just at the notion that you would pray to God on a public street in front of an abortion clinic at this? And you see how angry they get at that? You would think that they would laugh, like Jesus was mocked you think that and they do their share of mocking but there's a lot of shrill and uh and anger like you said particularly the women coming out of their mouth i think it's their guilty conscience right they that's don't like I- it when somebody's praying against this action that they pr- that they probably have you know had performed on them also
2: right I think, yes, definitely, there is a need to continue to justify what they did. And by our, being out there praying and trying to stop women from going into the clinic, they just see that as an attack on this great thing that they did. and. They don't want to look at what they really did i mean let's face it they never say anything it's always using other words choice or you know they never talk about the reality of what abortion is that an innocent baby is being killed because they can't they don't want to go there you know
1: yeah no absolutely Teresa, you knew uh, Father Benedict Rochelle, um, and and we've interviewed, uh, you know, Chris Bell, who's also involved in abortion uh, pro-life work. He had a great impact on Chris. He also had an impact on you and your ministry. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because I think, to be honest with you, one day he will be canonized. That's my opinion, but I'm I'm entitled to it.
2: This is a perfect time, right? His birthday, right? But... Okay, so I met, I actually met the Friars right in their beginnings. I used to go to Dobbs Ferry here in New York to pray in front of the clinic and Father Benedict used to be a regular there with us and some of the other original Friars. So I I always was so grateful in the way that he spoke about not only abortion, but healing for abortion. It's when you're isolated like that or just in the beginning of your healing it's so hard to believe in the love and the mercy of god you really do feel like it's the unforgivable sin so when there's a priest out there that's actually giving you that hope and telling you there is mercy there is forgiveness you can work through that it's such a gift to those who are suffering because it gives hope that they haven't had so he was always a sign of that hope for me and then when i got more and more involved in the pro-life work um you know he would i would go listen to him talk and whatever and then when i started working for good counsel obviously he's one of their founders and he was just always so supportive of anything that i was doing there wasn't an event or something that i had that he didn't come to so he could add that aspect of the healing the priestly healing the sacraments and so he was he i missed him so much i really do um he was just the light to Christ, right? He really was. And and people could see that. People that are hurting could see that. And I just always appreciated his support um in anything that I was doing within the ministry, that he was always there to encourage me, to back me up. I mean, and the friars are still like that with me. They just been such a support to the work of entering canaan and lumina both you know
0: you know what one of the one of the greatest examples um because obviously Teresa, we all have our faults. mine is anger and <laughs> sometimes it's not the righteous variety um and again go, uh, alluding back to uh you know, have, you know being confronted by pro-choice New York or one of these groups and they're yelling and you know the Newark in me wants to come out a little bit and you know yeah. like you know start you know start giving out some backhands but I gotta say this I learned so much um father Lewis uh, with the mm. Franciscan friars, who I'm sure right. you know. Father Lewis said to me one time when I was up there, he goes, you know, you should, you, they were talking, the friars were talking, this is a few years ago. And um, and they were talking about how things work and everything else and Father Lewis turned around to me and he said, you know, you should come. You should come to an abortion clinic. And I said, I don't know if I'd be able to contain my anger. He says, all the more reason why you should come. And I learned a valuable lesson from him in, in everything we do as, as pro-lifers and, and those who rely on God uh to end this scourge okay father lewis somebody was yelling right in his face and i watched this i watched what he did that this woman was yelling in his face and getting in his face and he just leaned over and he just kept telling her don't worry god forgives you god Uh loves you jesus loves you jesus forgives you the woman after uh, exhausting herself um yelling at father lewis had no choice but to walk away and she wasn't happy because Father Lewis showed her love. He right. didn't respond with anger, he didn't respond with violence, didn't respond with mocking, he responded with prayer, and he and he just kept reiterating Jesus loves you, Jesus forgives you. I, I found it to be very powerful, and it was a lesson for me for all pro lifers out there. We're not, we're not fighting these people. The way right. the, where you see Americans want to fight each other with fists and clubs and all and burning things down. No, we fight with prayer.
2: Right. They're fight not our enemies. And I think the other thing that we have to really recognize and be grateful for is the grace that we can see I mean it's a gift we've been given a gift from God we could be easily them I could be easily one of them right and and yet for whatever reason God in his mercy has allowed me to be open to his grace and so when I look at them I think I think of that a lot like what a gift i've been given and to pray for them to be given that same gift because he loves them as much as he loves us right
0: absolutely absolutely god loves all people every one of us go ahead joe
1: Teresa, your organization, getting back to uh, entering Canaan, I mean, uh, conducts retreats. You guys do monthly group sessions, days of prayer and healing. Talk about that because there may be some people out there listening that would be interested in some of those sessions
2: sure so entering canaan like we said it's really a journey it's not a one-time thing so it consists of different aspects in the beginning someone comes the first thing is what we call a day of prayer and healing and it's a one-day retreat and our goal during that day is to give those who come hope of healing to really give them the so that they know that they too can be healed with this and we have the reconciliation we have the sacrament of reconciliation we have a mass we have a group There's so there's different aspects of the day but if they leave at the end of the day really feeling that you know, there is hope for their future, then we feel like we've accomplished what God has asked us to. And then after that, we have monthly, like you said, groups, and each one um, begins with adoration because it is a very sacramental ministry, and it addresses we address some aspect of healing, whether it's denial, shame, guilt. So each session would focus on a specific area. Well, it starts with prayer in front of the blessed sacrament with a scripture sharing. And then and after we spent some time with Jesus, we go into another room and have a discussion. And then we have different weekends. Um, One of them is called the Hope and Healing Weekend. And they're just series of conferences with a woman giving testimony about something and then the priests giving a talk. So just to give you an example, one of the topics on the Hope and Healing Weekend would be acknowledgement of sin, just what we were speaking about. And so we'd have a woman testify at how difficult it was for her to look at what she did and how she got past that. And then the priest would get up and give a talk so there's different topics throughout the weekend and then we have a mercy retreat once a year which is just like a renewal retreat that just brings them deeper into your healing into spirituality and their relationship with God so it's ongoing some people are involved for a short period of time and we've had women that have been involved from the beginning. It's now 25 years old, and they still come to help the new people. The
3: and
0: Teresa, okay. we're going to pick that up on the other side okay. of the break. We're going to take okay, a quick great. break. You're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We're having a great conversation with Teresa Bonapartis of the Entering Canaan Ministry, a sacramental journey to an inheritance of mercy. We're on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350, on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to follow Joe and I on Facebook, YouTube, uh, and all over social media. Hit the like button subscribe share do all that fun stuff stick around we're going to continue this conversation with teresa bonapartis
3: hey you know about our veritas shows right all five it starts every sunday at 5 p.m with the Frontline with joe and joe their guests include the biggest names in the catholic world and joe and joe talk to them from the perspective of the everyday catholic Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank. This is your chance to hear Bishop Frank Paggiano talk about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. Thursday nights at eight o'clock. That's when you can hear It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. It's a late night show on Catholic radio and Liv mixes faith with humor, games, and dynamic interviews. There's a double dose of shows on Friday. First at noon, it's Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Then at 1230 on Fridays, you can hear the focus on Veritas, where Peter Sonsky puts the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app
0: welcome back everyone to the front line with joe and joe joe Pasillo and joe Rasinello, way in the breach on the veritas catholic network talking with teresa bonapartis from the entering canaan ministry a sacramental journey to an inheritance of mercy teresa one of the things we ended with the last segment with we were talking about uh, group sessions uh retreats day retreats healing what i love is and joe Rasinello loves to say on the show all the time you could argue with somebody till, till you're blue in the face okay it's actions that people see, and rather than try to dispel the lies, particularly that the pro-death movement tries to perpetrate when it comes to the Catholic response to abortion, they say, we judge women, we hate women, we wanna hurt women. Once they've had an abortion, we don't care about them. You don't have to say a word, Teresa Bonapartis. Your actions and the actions of the Sisters of Life and the entering Canaan ministry directly counter that lie that they try to say because of the fact that what you do is to help women who have already committed this atrocious act and And help them to heal.
2: The church has been doing this for decades. And actually entering Canaan now is in close to 20 locations across the United States, different dioceses, And I'm always getting requests because more and more people want to do that. So I think the church has always um, invited people in for healing. I mean, that's just another lie they perpetuate, right, that the church doesn't care when ultimately trying to get somebody to make another choice but abortion is caring very much because these women don't realize how they're going to live with this for the rest of their lives. Many times in ways that they don't even recognize it's impacting their lives, their families, their relationships with their children. You can't get away from it. It's a dramatic experience and it and it lives with you like i said before there's consequences of sin right absolutely
1: i mean actually i want to focus on that a little bit because that's one of the lies of uh you know the pro-choice movement is it's pro-woman we know that that's not true i always say that whenever i get into an abortion discussion Because it's true it's not pro woman there's a lot of consequences to that action talk about what you've seen because clearly I mean you've been involved in this now for three decades going on three decades, what have you seen uh, with regard to some of those consequences with with the women that have come to you for help.
2: Well, there's tons of consequences. I mean, one of them might be the inability to have a good relationship with a husband as far as intimacy goes because of the experience that they've had. And how many women, and, and there are a lot of these that had an abortion at another time in their lives and then went on with their life, thought they were okay, got married. And then there's all these problems within the marriage and they don't even recognize it's because of the of the experience they had with abortion. It affects the way you relate to people, your trust um, with your children. You might um, feel like you're not deserving to have other children, or maybe you're super overprotective because you're afraid God is going to punish you. I mean, there's so many manifestations. Some people get into addictions, um, you know, whether it's drug, alcohol, some people are promiscuous. So it really goes into many aspects of your life but the interesting thing is of course that all these pro-abortion pro-choice places they deny all of this so if you're feeling like that and you've had an abortion sometimes you you think you're crazy or it can't be because of the abortion because these things don't exist and it's interesting because you know, as much as they say they're for women, they do nothing to protect pregnant women when somebody's violent towards them. They do nothing to protect women from some of these abortion quack doctors. I mean, they're all not good doctors, but some of them have really injured women and yet they're still out there performing abortions. They do nothing to protect women that are coerced by husband's boyfriend so it really isn't about protecting women it's about protecting abortion for them yeah. and i think that that's something that Unfortunately, it's very hard for us to get the truth out there because of the secular media, but hopefully little by little we're doing that just but especially by the people that have been healed and then go out and speak openly about their experience, but even with that. There's not a little a lot of women that do that because maybe they don't want their kids to know or other people don't know. So I think that Satan has a, a really big hold on this, you know, in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah, un- unfortunately, does. But I would say this, and this is a topic that comes on, it comes up a lot at the um, at the front line with Joe and Joe. And you're joining us here with Teresa Bonapartis on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it's a it's a topic um that uh that we get into a a lot when it comes to um you know how the 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 effect that abortion has and you know the the, whether the lies of the culture and whether we try to blow them up but i wanted to pick up on something Teresa. um we're talking about the effect that abortion has on women okay Mm -hmm. obviously but abortion affects men and siblings yeah we'd love for you to talk about that yes
2: yeah, so we obviously um in the beginning we used to let men come to the same days as women and then father marius you guys know him one of the friars we started talking about it him and another priest and we just felt like like so often they wouldn't really open up because they would hear the women that were there and felt like they needed to protect them or they wouldn't come out and talk about maybe how they pressured a woman because they were with all these women that were hurting there. So we really felt a need to start something separately from the men. And it was really the right decision because men that we knew were When we got them just with other men, we saw a whole other side. They were so much more honest just being with other men. And with men, it's different. Some of them force someone, some of them didn't want the abortion, but they had nothing to say about it. And they just had to stand by why their children died. Some men are married to those women that have had abortions in their past. And so um, it impacts their relationship. Maybe they can't understand why she's struggling. So there's a lot of different aspects. So it's over 15 years we've been doing doing the men's days, and it's so beautiful because they'll come into the days um, very guarded, and by the end of the day, their hearts are open to the love and the forgiveness of God. I mean, I always mention this because I just think it's so beautiful, but at the end of one retreat one day, Father Marius turned to me and he said something like, I don't know what else God has going on in the world today, but nothing could beat this. Because at the end of the day, they're sobbing in the chapel and it's just so beautiful um for them to get in touch with that because and and to allow themselves to heal and again to look at it honestly and we actually while we're talking about this we do have a day for men on October 16th at the Patterson Friary in New Jersey so if there's any men listening I really hope that um, you'll call and participate in this. Father Marius will be doing the day. And one of the men from the ministry will be giving his testimony. And it's just a really beautiful day um, for them to be together and to share their experience.
0: Teresa, talk a little bit about the siblings, how abortion affects siblings many times.
2: So siblings, I was very aware of that from telling my own children who had two very different reactions to my abortion. It was when they were teenagers and much they had grown up by then in a pro-life household because after my healing, I was so involved in the pro-life movement. And um, when I finally told them as terrified as I was, one of them was like, well, God forgave you, I forgive you. And the other one, um, which actually I think was a healthier response, was just like, how could you have done something like that? And so both of them were like, now my life makes sense. Like so many things that they had experienced with me my marriage with their father had broken up because he was an addict because I married somebody like that because I didn't think I deserved anything better so it was like all these lights went off for them and they really understood why their life was the way that it was and so we worked on healing which took A long time, but that's okay. And so I was very aware of the way that it impacted siblings. So I just felt the need to start something for them. So this is our 10th year of doing retreats for siblings. And we do weekend retreats and they're so beautiful. And we have people come from all over the country. There's such a demand for it. I mean, people. People just want to come all over the United States, all over Canada. And it's really a place for them to be able to express how it's impacted them without anybody condemning their parents because they love their parents. But yet there's all these conflicted feelings and they wonder, you know, like, would my name be the same? Would I even be here if that baby had been born? Like, There's so many dynamics in it for them. So it's a way um, for us to validate their own worth and dignity and to validate their family. And to validate everything they're feeling, you know, in relation to their family, and to just and it's very different, obviously, because of some of the things what we spoke about with the parents. Maybe one of them have parents that's very distant, and of course they've taken that personally, even though it might be because the mother is just afraid to get close because she doesn't think she deserves it. So there. There's a lot of dynamics involved in this too, but we also have one of those schedules <laughs> for March, um, March 11th through 13th, and um, it's going to be at the Shrine of Our Lady, Chesterhoven Pennsylvania. Okay. Father Father Fidelis from the Friars mm-hmm. um, will be the spiritual director, and um, this. Guy Mike who's a sibling will be giving testimony so they're very very beautiful weekends very painful but very beautiful and the people that come are just so grateful that they're being acknowledged and and taught so that they learn some stuff
0: no absolutely and it's so important Um, and the point I was going to make earlier and I'm going to hand it over to Joe is um, you, know, if it, you know, many people, not just Catholics, many people have said, um, and it just speaks to what you're doing, Teresa, that if it wasn't for the Catholic Church, this issue would have gone away a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it's not just speaking out against abortion, but it's, again, the, 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 the heroic actions of, of organizations like yours, like Entering Canaan, um, really keep this issue in the front of people's minds so that it never goes away and eventually it's going to be abolished, as it should be. For those of you just joining us here at the front line with joe and joe we're speaking with teresa bonapartis uh who is the co-developer with the sisters of life of the entering canaan ministry post-abortive healing with that i'm going to hand it over to joe Ressinello.
1: Teresa, we're pretty close joe and myself with the sisters of life we've had them on the show and both our wives have worked with them closely over the years could you talk about how uh your ministry partners with them because clearly for those who may not know that is their charism um, to promote life and they're starting to grow dramatically actually because there's a need for it
2: okay so after my healing I was involved in my church and I got to be very good friends with Lucy this who is one of the original sisters of life so when the Cardinal O'Connor put out that request for women wondering he he's going to be in the order. Um, Lucy looked into it and became one of the eight founding Sisters of Life. In the meantime, I used to haunt Cardinal O'Connor all the time and tell him how badly we needed more resources, more outreach for people who had had abortions. And um, he promised me that when the Sisters of Life began that this would be one of their apostolates. And that's basically what happened. So in the beginning, it was Mother Agnes, Sister Lucy, and I, and the um, entering Canaan was really developed as a result of my personal experience, what I had gone through um, in my own healing journey, what I had learned, and that's how we started and it just grew from there i actually worked very closely with the sisters for 17 years um but now i don't really do so they're they're still doing it in this in the new york area um but i kind of um now do the men the siblings and i actually travel to different dioceses to teach it to people that want to do it so that it has a wider um you know there's more people all over the country doing it but the sisters are very much still doing the ministry
0: yeah uh, we, we we try to stay very close with them they're they're good and holy but the same with the cfr same with the franciscan yeah. friars um you know to, to to be around them to see what they do the selflessness of these women is is um something that i i really can't put in the words it's only something you really can experience um i could say for myself That's why i love being around them uh because they're just so giving particularly on this and what you're talking about teresa bonaparte is about extending that love of jesus christ to to women both both in, to try to convince them not to have an abortion and then if they do to say you know to so to prevent them from despairing or falling deeper into right. their sin. So it's just it's it's just such a beautiful thing that that you're working closely with them.
1: Teresa, yeah. you've written a book too. Um it's called A Journey of Healing. Where could uh, our listeners get that book? Cuz I think it's a very important read.
2: Sure. It's available from Marion Press in Stockbridge, the Shrine of Divine Mercy, their um, publishing company. And you could actually also get it on Amazon, either one of those places. And then it's basically um reflections of healing through my own experience, both personally and working with other people. So it's really an aid for people who are making this journey to help them deal with other things um, that they're going through, through meditations and reflections. So it's kind of, it's a very prayerful little book, but it dresses specific issues Um, of healing from abortion.
0: Let's um, let Teresa let's blow up a couple of lies uh, while we have you here. This is a this is an area obviously you're entrenched in and you know more about this whole situation with abortion than most people. Father Glenn Sedano, um, just to put a finer point on the conversation we've been having up to this point, who's also one of the founding members of the Franciscan Friars of Renewal, he said of your ministry entering Canaan is not about politics or controversy which often surrounds abortion, it's about healing and hope. And obviously, that's where we brought the conversation up to this point, talking about that healing, talking about that hope and everything else. However, Teresa, you're at the front line with Joe and Joe, all right? We'd love for your comments on a few things, because there is politics involved. There, We, we, we do have to address some of the politics. We do have to address, uh, let's say, the the uh, arguments that are made in the political realm, the arguments that are made in the cultural realm. A fetus does not have moral value in the first trimester,
2: you know, it's, what's your thoughts on that? It, it's ridiculous. They know it does, and I think, you know we're really fighting the father of lies, just like I said before, and there's such a block to the truth. And even if the truth is right in front of their faces, um, people aren't recognizing the truth, right? Or refusing to see the truth. And that's another reason why, I mean, obviously we don't bring politics into the ministry, but many of the women who have reached healing are. Are now in front of the clinics are doing different things, like with Silent No More or Operation Outcry, which brings cases to the Supreme Court, has thousands of affidavits from post board of women um, to use in these cases. And so... Um, Obviously, once you're healed and you're secure in God's love and mercy, you know, your fear goes away, right? So you become um, more vocal. And I think with people that have healed from abortion, you can't tell me what I've experienced and what abortion has done to me. And so it's a great threat to these people because they know they can't tell me. I mean, I remember one time I was speaking at a college. It was a medical school and sorry but I don't remember which one it was and their pro-choice group came and I spoke about saline abortion abortion, and they were all ready to cause a ruckus. And at the end, they just looked at me and they couldn't say a word. They tried to say, oh, we don't really do those kind of abortions anymore. But the bottom line is, in the face of truth, they have no argument and I think in the face of people who have been through this and then are out there speaking they go go crazy I mean they do with Abby Johnson right anybody who's really experienced this and is speaking the truth because that's a lie that a fetus doesn't have moral value of course it has moral value and of course it's a baby maybe I mean science shows us that now right
1: mm-hmm. absolutely and, and I don't mean to put you on the spot because clearly I'm gonna be honest I don't know all of the attributes of a fetus in the uh, first trimester but could you t- tell our listeners of a few of them I know that the heartbeat um, of a child I believe it's at six weeks the DNA is established I believe very at the early. moment of conception yeah
0: I mean, and, just a-
2: and they say I mean even you know like I know that my son, um, You know, it was the fourth, the end of the fourth um, trimester, but I saw him, guys, and in just a couple of weeks, you know, like he had fingers, he had toes, he had all of those things. So if you look at pictures of them, you'll see that they say they feel pain very, very early. So there's a lot of... um, anybody who really wanted to know the truth could just look it up and just see their nerves you know all of those things
0: teresa i don't mean to i don't mean to be so so um graphic i i I don't want to and i won't be but everything you just said everything that joe restinello just said do you know how you know that they know that their lies are being exposed they don't deny now I don't know if you've heard this. I've heard this in a number of places. Again, we do a lot of reading for the front line with Joe and Joe. We're talking with Teresa Bonapartis. We do a lot of reading. Now the language that they're using is that they really don't care whether right. or not it's a human being, and they'll right. even concede that it is. Now, again, I don't mean to be so, but I'm gonna say it the way it is. They're saying that the human being in the womb had is acting as a parasite yeah. on the mother. Um, yeah. so they know it's a human being. They've lost that argument because you can't, you can't win an argument based on lies. Now they say the human being in the womb. Okay, fine. It is. But the, but that, that parasite doesn't have a right to the woman's body. Do you yeah. see how far and how really evil that, that they'll go now the human being, they acknowledge as a human being, but now that human being is a parasite and is acting in a parasitical way on the mother.
2: and and they're so radicalized now and I've really noticed that too but we have to remember that the generation just like those girls that were at the clinic a couple of weeks ago they've grown up in a culture where this is what they've been told you know they don't have a clue they really believe all this stuff there's somebody that I know very well who who isn't um, pro-abortion herself but she has a lot of friends that have had abortions and um she'll just kind of she's one of those well people should have the right to choose and we had a discussion one time and every time she said that I said to her choose what and she stopped And she thought, and she just got this look in her eyes. And I said, choose to kill their unborn child. And this went on a few times until finally she looked at me and this is somebody in her thirties. And she looked at me and she said, I never thought of it that way can you imagine but this is they're so programmed that this is the way that they think they don't even think of the truth because no one has allowed them to really see the truth it's crazy the thing
1: teresa joe and i always say sometimes you have to get to the root of it and we've had these discussions with a number of people like yourself on this platform um my contention is that abortion is about sex um i think we're talking about apples and oranges sometimes when we confront these people it's about sex outside of marriage it's about casual sex you see the culture in their mind and in its mind cannot conceive a a life without having casual sex and as we all know we've all had children You know a lot of people listening when you have sex sometimes a child is produced, (laughs) I mean this is science, so I think we're talking about two things if we got to the root uh, of the issue we just uh, interviewed Christina flattery who does a lot of pro life work in New Jersey, they do a lot of chastity. Talks talk about the importance of that because I yeah. actually think that's the root of the issue. Teresa, we I, have I a,
2: totally Teresa,
0: we have about you. a minute left, okay?
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Joe. I mean, yeah, it's like um, sex is an extracurricular activity, and we want to do this. And if something stands in our way, or if we get pregnant, then we're just going to terminate the pregnancy so we could go on with our life. It's really what was talked about in Fatima, right? The attack on the family and morals and values is really sad. And that's why we're called to prayer and fasting and and all those things, because ultimately I think that's what's gonna end abortion. Our sacrifices, our prayers, um, because it's bigger than us. It's just so evil.
1: You know, I'm glad you said that it's bigger than us because that's something I have uh, a friend that has an alcohol issue. um, And one of the things with Alcoholics Anonymous is you have to acknowledge a higher power. It's bigger than you. This is bigger than anyone. And frankly, I think you hit it right on the head. Teresa, where
0: could people find your organization? How could they contribute both time and treasure? Where could you be found?
2: Sure, so the Entering Canaan website is com, and the retreats are hosted by Lumina and our phone number is 877 586 462 two one and there's emails on the site where uh, of course they could just contact us that way as well
0: awesome thank you so much teresa bonapartis for joining us at the front line with joe and joe and thank you dear brothers and sisters for joining us on the veritas catholic network bringing the truth of the catholic faith to the new york metropolitan area 1350 on your am dial for all veritas content please be sure to download our veritas catholic network mobile app and please be sure to follow joe and i Wherever you find us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, until they take us down, of course, Gab, Parler, uh, Twitch, and the whole nine yards. And remember, until the next time that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.